This is Leisha Holmes and I'm your host on the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast brought to you by Hoxo Media and I cannot contain my excitement today as I welcome to our channels the most wonderful and very influential name within recruitment. This is Didi Doak who is the editor of Recruiter. Welcome to you today Didi, how are you? I'm great, Leisha. Um, delighted to be here. Thank you so much for asking me. Well, you are very welcome. And I can't tell you how thrilled I've been about today. And to, to those who are watching rather than listening, we just have to have a caveat with the fact that Dee Dee's currently going through some home renovations. <laughs> and for those who are eagle-eyed, if you can spot any, I don't know, fancy dress, attire, then you get extra points for, uh, for, for noticing <laughs> that. So I can't believe that anybody in our audience doesn't know who Dee Dee Doke is, but for those who aren't yet familiar with you and Recruiter, please tell us a little bit about your career and what you do. Okay. Um, I am the editor or the editrix, as I like to call myself, of Recruiter Magazine and Recruiter.co.uk. And I also have the pleasure and privilege of uh, editing a couple of other uh, quarterly magazines that are not in recruitment, um, that are in very, very different fields. But Recruiter, Recruiter is my life. Um, You know, sometimes I'll give you a little anecdote here. Sometimes you think maybe destiny shows you the direction from oh, some point in your life. And uh, when I was at university and uh, doing radio, I had a guest one time um, who was a US Air Force recruiter. And I thought, what on earth am I going to talk to this man about? Well, anyway, he came on and told me how much he loved being a recruiter. Well, that was a bit of destiny. Obviously, for recruitment some years later on, and also for because for a few years, I was a defense correspondent for a U.S. newspaper. So two bits of that um, came at me very early on. And then one final signpost to recruitment came up when I was working on a British aerospace and airlines magazine. And I got the extra job of creating a recruitment newsletter for this title. I see. And I was hooked. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's a kind of, you know, we are a, a sector where you either love it or loathe it. And I think once you're in, you're in all in. It's one of those. So I love the collision of fate for you. That's wonderful. And, you know, the, the recruiter magazine, obviously, you've been on it, been with the business for a very, very long time. And I think if I think about the publication, whether it's been online or as a magazine, I, I just, your name is synonymous with it. So you, <laughs> you are truly intrinsic. And you're also, let's talk about the Recruiter Awards too. So, you know, tell us about that. Well, the Recruiter Awards, I, it's, well, the awards itself, uh, that's my favorite night of the year or one of my favorite nights of the year. And the judging day is another one of my favorite days. Um, I love the idea that, and the, the execution, that our awards are really about having these entries reviewed by, a, by several different think tanks of terrific 
people who know something a, a lot about recruitment and a lot about business and what standards ought to be. Yeah. What excites them? Because we don't want to give awards for being, sadly, uh, a good agency. We need lots and lots of good agencies, but we need to recognize the ones that stand out yeah. as going the extra 10 miles yeah. in what they do uh, for their own employees, for their candidates, for their clients, for the industry. Yeah. Um, and I like to think that we have been instrumental over the years in recognizing um, a lot of rising stars, Definitely. not only as individuals, but as companies, mm -hmm. and also being able to call attention to companies that might have been overlooked in a few uh, things, say, in the public eye. Yeah. But I, I love the opportunities that the awards give not only the winners and the shortlisted, but us as a magazine to find out who's doing great things. Yeah, and I'd add to that as well, us as recruiters. And, you know, I'm going to be contrary. I said this to you off camera that um, I've been exceptionally honored to have been asked to be a judge for the last two years. And prior to that, it was a long time since I sort of had any involvement. I think the business I worked for 20 odd years ago was a participant in the recruiter awards in the, probably its early years. And there was, there's always this kind of cynicism in recruitment circles about not just the recruiter awards, but generally industry yes. awards, that you basically pay for your place and have, and, and, you know, I'm not saying I was necessarily in that cohort, but I think that there was an element of cynicism until I became a judge. And once I became a judge, I, I have to educate people and you have to understand the amount of work the entrants go to to submit their application to be considered for the shortlist alone. The day of judging itself is without a shadow of a doubt. Those have been my two favorite days over the last year because you are truly humbled by what people are, like you say. These aren't just best in class. These people are pioneers. They're ripping up trees. They're trailblazers but they're doing it with compassion, with true pastoral care for their employees and their external customers. It's absolutely phenomenal what these people have done. And that's just what I've witnessed in, in the two days I've done the last two years. So I wanted to ask that question so that our audience can hear that please don't be cynical about industry awards because actually there's a bloody lot of work that goes into it by the entrance and you know what these people deserve to be on the shortlist and it's one of the most challenging things actually choosing you know and, and myself and my fellow judges it it's it was brilliant you know we have obviously we have a, a score system to help eliminate and choose the, the top people and it's just a privilege and for me as an ambassador and an equally passionate recruiter to you being the equally passionate editor of the magazine I think I think we should all be slightly humbled by the people that we witness on these awards. I really do. We are. And a couple of things I'd like to point out about the awards, Leisha. Um, we haven't stuck with the same application form and same questions for, you know, the last decade. We are constantly looking at how we can evolve what we are asking so that we can diversify the entry pool as much as possible. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, 
uh, we're undergoing a revision right now of uh, the entry forms and requirements for our Investing in Talent Awards, um, which are our second set of awards. Um, and I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, we've had fabulous entries before. I'm hoping that we can broaden that even, even yeah, further. Great, it's brilliant. And then the other thing that I, I wanted to mention, and this is a, I find this very interesting. We have some entrants who, and I imagine you have candidates like this too, uh, they may fill in their their nomination form and you know they look pretty good, but perhaps when we're narrowing down the short list, they aren't at the top of the list. They aren't everyone's favorite. Oh, we've got to interview this individual. And then sometimes when they come in and do the interview, they blow the judges clear away. Yep. And I think that that's a lesson to the recruitment industry that, um, yes, it's great to see people on paper, but also if you think there might be something there, giving them that chance to bring that to life for you. Yeah, I agree totally. And I've, I felt that in both the sessions that I did, it, it, you know, you just, you think on paper, we assumed it would be this person and then somebody else came along and we were just like, whoa, this person... But the, you know, the, the one last year, and you know who I'm talking about, he actually <laughs> ended up being the winner. He had us all in tears, literally sobbing. So I think that, you know, you have the power. You, we're, we're in a very powerful position anyway as recruiters to yes. change people's lives. But actually, it's just... And let's hope that the award ceremony in September, we key recruitment has got his table booked. <laughs> we'll be there. Are we getting all glammed up? We don't know if we're getting glammed up, but I'm getting glammed up anyway. <laughs> Uh, we will be there and we will make sure that when we share this, there will be links for people if there are any places left to come along. But please get involved. Please don't think your company shouldn't be involved. It doesn't matter about the size of you. It's about exactly. your mindset and it's about the achievements that you've created within your microcosm. That's the biggest thing I would say, isn't it? Not just about size. Absolutely. And they help shine a light on people that Yes. we will be reporting on yes. and helps establish i think thought leaders and i think Thank that you. within the practitioner part of the recruitment industry we need a lot of forward thinking pioneering as you said yes. um people who are willing to stick their heads over the parapet yes. with great yes. practices and strategies yeah Absolutely agree. Well, I, I can't wait. I can't wait to see what the future holds for that. So one of the things I wanted to talk to you about today is something that's a, you know, for me, it was always the page turner. It was definitely the, what I would always go in straight, forget all the other articles. I'm going straight to this. It's your <laughs> hot hundred and fast 50. Ah. <laughs> so let's get excited about that. So what does it take to get there? And then typically those people that go on those lists, what, you know, is there a, what happened to them afterwards? Like you have on Dragon's Den, what, you know, the behind the scenes, what tend, have, you, have you got any sort of cases where people have really shone through? Um, I would say that they come a bit like the awards. Um, some companies who may not have been on our radar before mm. are 
brought to our attention. Yeah. And I am so proud of the rankings. The Hot 100 has been in place since 2006. We have a very wonderful woman who does all of the analysis and narrative on it mm -hmm. uh, for us. That's Sue Dodd of Agile Intelligence. Okay. And initially, it was just a matter of her examining lots of financial records that came to her attention. But now, with the prestige of the Hot 100, companies contact her throughout the year and say, we want to be in it. And yep. her advice yep. is, send us your year-end financial results, and I'll throw them into the mix and see how they come out. Yep. Uh, it's somewhat the same way with the Fast 50, uh, who is, uh, which is currently done for us by Clearwater Corporate Finance. And again, they need to have the financials yeah. of companies to be able to work out who is, um, oh, I should explain, the Hot 100 is about the highest NFI, okay. net fee income, yeah. Yeah. for UK recruitment companies. Yeah. And the Fast 50 is for the fastest growth companies okay. over a three-year period. Right. Okay. Thank uh, you so it, it can be difficult uh, to get on there. Mm -hmm. With the Fast, or excuse me, the Hot 100, there's a lot of consistency with, you know, uh, once a financially efficient company, uh, this often continues. Mm, yeah, cool. Um, Fast 50 is a little bit more um, inconsistent, yeah. you might say, because yeah. people might have a few great years. Yep. Yeah. And then maybe not so. Yeah, of course, especially if they've gone through big expansion plans. Thank you for clarifying that. And I think, you know, I, I know I've met many companies over the years as a rec to rec. Obviously, I'm a service provider to the industry. And they they definitely wear that accolade with absolute pride. You walk in their offices, they've got their um, plaque. I think it's a real indicator that this is, and you use the word that it's about consistency anyway, isn't it? You know, to get to a relative, you know, impressive NFI figure, these companies are, are hiring, training, and retaining consistent billers. That's what it's ultimately about, you know? Yes. You know, yes. And doing the same thing, you know, in terms of their, their marketing, their strategy, their growth, doing what they say they're going to do. So it's really interesting that. So, and I know that the other element we're going to talk about today about is 11 most influential in-house recruiters. Because in-house <laughs> recruitment is clearly a massive passion of yours. So tell us about that. We interrupt this episode of the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast to bring you a message from our wonderful sponsors over at Hoxo Media. Now, recruitment agencies invest heavily in LinkedIn licenses because ultimately it's where we're all at. Given that we spend an average one to two hours a day on our phones, the rest of the time is spent scrolling through LinkedIn, looking for unicorn candidates and target clients. Now, if we look at the recruitment training programs that are available, they tend to be focused around outbound phone sales and leadership skills. So how do you, our listener, maximize the huge investment of time and money that is spent on LinkedIn? Well, this is where Hoxo Media is solving this problem for hundreds of recruitment agencies. And we want to share this message with you. 
Their Academy programme allows recruiters across the globe being coached in how to optimise their LinkedIn profile, creating daily habits for building out that unbelievable audience, that target audience, where they're producing their own valuable content that engages the right people and ultimately drives content into inbound sales conversations. As I mentioned, they're working with hundreds of recruitment agencies and there are over 300 recruiters every month enrolling on the Academy, which enables them to increase their knowledge in how to basically develop the best content and maximize the results from LinkedIn. And to be honest with you, the testimonies have been absolutely incredible. So by enrolling in the Academy with just one single payment, you can train your entire business for 12 months, which is why I'm so excited to share this message with you, our listener. So if you're a traditional recruiter like me, and you're an owner of a business, or you've got teams working for you who rely on outbound calls to attract clients and candidates, then really you do need to listen to this message and get in touch. You might find that you are using LinkedIn, but perhaps just for sharing jobs on there, and you struggle generally for um, original content ideas, and ultimately the confidence to actually know what is going to be good content for driving that inbound business. So I would love you to speak to Hoxo Media. Drop me a DM either on the link on this message on this episode or send me a WhatsApp and I can give you more information on how your agency can benefit from joining this program. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Well, we did not for a long time, we did not have a league table for in-house and we thought we needed to do one and the teams are very important, but at the same time, who are the innovators in the in-house mm. sector? Yeah. Um, who, who, who are changing the, who are the game changers yeah. in in-house recruitment? And I know people ask me, well, why eleven? Why don't you have yeah. a why normal ten or a dozen or whatever? Yeah. Well, a couple of reasons, and I have to admit, a bit shallow, <laughs> but. Uh, uh, I thought the, um, uh, uh, it sounded good. 11 in-house, you know, it, mm. alliteration. Alliteration, that's the right word, yes. Yes. And then I also, I, I wanted it to stand out. I mm. didn't want it to be in another 10 this or whatever. Yeah. Um, so the alliteration and wanting something a little, quirky. Quirky. One other consideration too. I don't know how many times I've been involved in um, for different things, you know, top 10 this. Mm -hmm. And it seems particularly with top 10s, there's that other person that you You always want to get in. And so I thought, well, that's a way that's a way to accommodate that yeah you know? I like it makes you the thing is it's, it, it's totally different it's totally unique nobody else has a top 11 so I think it's remarkable and I and I think that it's I applaud you because I have placed and know a number of people who are absolutely you know striving for you know very very sort of you know for me best practice strategies in-house and I think it's remarkable that, you know, nobody's ever really made them stand out before. So I think it's brilliant that you're championing those people too. And and we can learn a lot from those people from, from agency perspective as well, can't we? Yes. And also many of them have been agency recruiters. Of course. Yeah. And 
although uh, the the vision of a client might change, mm -hmm. um, I think that many of the practices they they have to be something of the same. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're an in-house person and you have to work with an internal hiring manager, mm -hmm. you still have to sell them on. What should you do? working with you and doing different things mm. so i i'm glad to see that there is not the animosity uh between agencies and in-house that i think there was a few years ago i think yeah. that's kind of there was a disparity and i i would say that there was this kind of snobbery um and i'm saying that as a rec to rec certainly as we came out of the financial crisis of 2009 I think there was a real snobbery that people saw, you know, if, if their colleagues or whoever used to go and work in the house, oh, well, you know, they're a failed recruiter. And I never subscribed to that ever because yes. I used to say, well, you've still got stakeholders to manage, but actually it's even, you're even more accountable when you're in house because you've got them sat there next to you <laughs> as opposed to you just don't take the client call if you don't want to speak to them. So <laughs> I've never subscribed to that. And I think that I genuinely do think it is down to the, acknowledgement from people like yourself and publications like the recruiter and also the work of events like true i don't know if you know the true events um, oh yes yeah I've, I've been involved yes. in that for many years i, I go to i'm, I'm one, usually one of the sort of speakers i say speakers you know it's not really speakers but it's yeah, yeah. Know, i'm involved i'm running a track and a shout out to martin dangerfield who took the mantle for the north on that um and i you know it's it's a real blend of in-house and um, agency side recruiters and we all have the same challenges it's all about evp it's all about yes. talent attraction it's all about retention it's all about training all that so actually it's just about you're seeing it from a different side of the coin so i think it's wonderful we're all recruiters and exactly. all of us are here to attract retain and train the best talent and it's as simple as that yes yes it? So thank you. And I applaud you for all the work that you do. And Dee Dee, I hope that we get to see each other in September. We have we're gonna, to. We're going to have a dance on the dance floor if we're allowed. Uh, two metres apart. <laughs> Handbags on the floor. It'll be wonderful. Listen, on behalf of the recruitment industry, thank you for everything that the publication has done and does. And for the awards as well, for championing all the people that are uh, nominated. So thank you so much for joining us today, Dee Dee. Thank you, Leisha. I've, I've loved it. I've loved it too. Thank you so much.